there. Before we jump into today's episode, I want to make sure that you know about three pretty cool changes I've made to my two signature e-courses, Marriage Methods for Women in Difficult Marriages and Heartbreak to Hope for Women Who Are Separated or Divorced. Change number one, you can now pay whatever you can afford for either of these courses. I don't want money to get in the way of your healing. Change number two, you can now decide between receiving the content weekly for 12 weeks or in a guidebook PDF upon purchase. And change number three, if you have a friend or family member in your life who is in a difficult marriage or going through a divorce, you can now give either of these courses as a gift. See, I told you these were cool changes. Check the links in the show notes to order today. Hey, sweet ones. Welcome back to the All That To Say podcast with me, your host, Elizabeth Klein. On this podcast, we talk about the hard stuff. A, because I've been through a lot of it. B, because most of you have too. And C, because I really believe that we have a comforting God who wants to comfort us in all our troubles and pain. Today, I thought we would talk about experiencing God's comfort when we're hurting and how it feels when we don't sense that comfort and peace. So when I'm hurting or anxious or in crisis, one of the first things I do is ask God for help. I ask God to comfort me, to heal me, to strengthen me, to encourage me, to fill me with his tangible peace and presence and to give me eyes to see it. Or if I'm at a really, really low place, I'll sometimes simply just repeat the name of Jesus over and over again. Now, I've been walking with the Lord for over 36 years at this point, and I'm going to be really brutally honest with you all. I have not experienced the tangible comfort and presence and peace of God more than I actually have, quote unquote, felt something supernatural. But I have in my lifetime felt a handful of times something wash over me that could only be explained as the inexplainable peace of God. And I am beyond grateful for those times that I genuinely felt something, someone buoy me up or calm me down. That's what John Eldridge might refer to as a supernatural grace from God. But for me, comfort from God usually comes in these other forms. And it's important to realize that it's not just a one-way thing that it could happen for you. So it could be when I'm reading scripture and I land on something that it either, a verse that either feels like I've never seen it before, or it hits me in a new way, or it feels like it was written just for my current situation or state of mind. I love when that happens. And I credit the spirit for that. I'm sure you've felt that too. And it's unbelievable. I also feel it through um, words from my husband or closest girlfriends or former counselors, whether it be like I sought them out and shared the thing and they say something that just illuminates part of my path, or they don't even know what I'm struggling with in that moment. And they send like a text that is divinely timed, or one of them tells me that they've been praying for me. That is comfort from God for me, or words from random books or blogs or sermons or podcasts where the person that is 
you know, the writing or the speaking, um, maybe I don't know them and I just happen upon something. Um, I love when that happens, especially when, for instance, I'm doing, I'm listening to a podcast and I'm out of order and I like picked one from six months ago and it's the thing I need right day that day. That is comfort from God or even something as simple as like when a walk energizes or calms me down or a nap energizes or calms me down in a way that it usually doesn't. That's also comfort from God. Okay. So however, here's what it feels like for me when I don't experience that peace that I'm longing for. Um, I'm going to share a story from, this was about 15 years ago. And I found myself in the middle of the worst and longest crisis of my life up to that point. Um, Something kind of swept into my life and it set up camp for 441 days. Yes, I counted. Um, And in the middle of all that, two of my best friends moved away and my marriage was precarious on a daily basis through the whole thing. To say that I was sad nowhere near explains, describes accurately what I was experiencing. Those chains of events during that 441 days, like broke parts of my heart off. And in that pain and in that depression and darkness and stress and fear, although I was begging God like all the time to intervene, to change things, to show up and to fill me with his peace and an awareness of his presence, I did not feel God's peace and I did not feel God's presence for almost the entire time. And it was heartbreaking. It sort of stunned me as I had been under the impression in the 20 years or so prior as a Christ follower that I would have access to God's unsurpassing peace whenever I needed it. Now, girls, I wrestled with God about this for, I mean, probably six plus months. Um, but I remember there was one morning I was coming home from my run. Um, this was a practice that had started the on day one of this crisis. I literally, uh, keep in mind, I was not a runner and I pulled out my gym shoes. And yes, I'm calling them gym shoes because though I was probably 32, 33, 34 at this point, They were my actual high school gym shoes, if that gives you any indication how unathletic I was. Um, I pulled those out and literally ran down the street. I was figuratively, literally trying to run away from this horrible, horrible thing that I was just told about. Um, But I remember coming home from my run one morning. It was still dark out. That's how ridiculously early I was getting up to do these runs. I was trying to like a hundred new ways of trying to cope. Um, and running was one of them. So this one particular morning I stood at the end of my driveway and I yelled out into the sky in my neighborhood at like five 30 in the morning. I yelled at God, you know what? You can stay silent all you want. You can stay far away all you want. I'm not going anywhere. You can't get rid of me that easily. Now, I wish I could say that that like flipped a switch. It changed nothing. I still didn't feel a supernatural strength carrying me through 
Nope. I was dragging myself through every single one of those 441 days and it was awful, but I had made this declaration to God and to myself. And that was important for me. It's something that I've had to wrestle with over my entire 36 plus years of walking with him. Um, during that time, I was spending some time with a dear friend and I said something to her that I'd never said to anyone else before. And I think I probably said it like in a whisper as if she'd like disown me as a friend or Jesus would strike me down. Um, but I said, in all my years of following Jesus, I have to admit that I have not felt the comfort of God in my life and hard circumstances more than I have felt his comfort. And then I winced. And she said, oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? Already then, I had no idea that that was sort of the norm. And if you don't know that, I just want to normalize it for you. It's okay if when you are going through something, and even if you are begging for God to fill you with that peace and you don't feel it, I know it sucks, but I think it's normal. But here were some things that I knew and that I still know. God promises peace. Jesus says in John 14, 27, my peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Girls, he never says in scripture how that peace will manifest. I think we as humans are probably looking for it to pan out in pretty certain ways, like a fixed circumstance to our liking, or at the very least, some kind of feeling or steadiness or like a warmth that comes over us. I have felt that. But then again, like I've said, I've not felt it way more than I have felt it. God also promises his presence. In Deuteronomy 31, 6, God says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. He's not going anywhere. We may not feel it, but he has not left us. He is never, ever leaving you, no matter how it feels or what you do or don't do. And I also know this. The times I have felt something, that unexplainable peace that Paul talks about in Philippians 4, 7, that tangible presence of the Most High, those times have gotten me through the times that I haven't felt it. And I know this. Faith is not about feelings or what we can touch or see. If we could see it, it wouldn't be faith. It's about believing in something bigger than yourself, someone who has shown himself faithful and true and good. I may not feel comfort in the ways that I want to feel it from God, and you might not either. But if it always came the way that we wanted to or expected it to, God's ways wouldn't be higher than our ways. God would be understandable and explainable and predictable. And what kind of worship-worthy God is that? But I rest in my faith that it's there and God is there and he's not leaving my side. Something that might be helpful for you is to create sort of a running list of God's blessings, of the times he's been faithful, of answers to prayer over your life. 
so that you can't, you're not just looking to scripture. First of all, look to scripture because in scripture, you will see story after story of how God showed up for his people and did things that only God could do. But when you create this list, you will be able to look back over your life and see time and time again when God made himself known to you or when he brought that verse to you at just the right time or when he nudged that friend to send that text or stop by. I remember someone sent me flowers. It said from God. When he works out that circumstance that seems impossible, when you create your your own record of God's goodness, it will be such a deep encouragement during the harder times when you're not just you're just not seeing him or sensing him. You can look back at your own record of God's hand in your life. And then, of course, you've heard me share about what we're supposed to do with the comfort and healing and peace that we receive from God. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 1, 3, and 4, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. So he comforts us, not just so that we are comforted. He comforts us so that we can then pour out the comfort and healing and mercy we've received from him and from others into those in our lives who are hurting. So let me wrap up by asking two things. One, are you in a season of needing comfort? Okay, here's what I would do if I were you. I would ask God for it, and I would get up the courage to share what you're going through with a friend or a counselor and let God comfort you through them. Or do you find yourself in a pretty, like, okay season right now? Then I would ask God to show you who you can bring his comfort to. You can be someone's answer to prayer. As always, you can share this episode. You can subscribe to it. You can write a review for it. You can rate it. You can financially support it, all of which would mean so much to me. And thank you to all of you who've done so already. It really, really means the world. So sweet ones, all that to say, whether you're in need of comfort and you're feeling it, or you're in need of comfort and you're not so much feeling it, or you are in a season of offering comfort to someone that you love. You are the unconditionally beloved daughter of God, and he is so delighted with you. You came into this world and you start each day already completely loved with no other loves to beg for and nothing to prove to anyone. Till next time, so, so much love.